Hey, welcome to what you know as a pod named Kickback. But this is the first episode of Kickback Sports. It's still a pod named Kickback. It's still on the No Breaks Network, and I am still No Breaks New. But right now, we're doing sports and sports only. And I know you, uh, we told you the days were changing. The official podcast upon the kickback will be recorded Wednesday nights live and released to the podcast sites on Thursdays. Kickback sports, kickback conversations, and kickback after doc. Just going to be on your timeline. You'll see it when you see it. You hear me? Um, having said that, this is a total sports podcast for the next 20 minutes. If you tuned in to hear the biggest stories of the week, or you tuned in to hear some freaky shit, or you tuned in to have me do a one-on-one conversation, that is not what's about to happen right now. Right now, we're gonna talk about them cowboys. How about them cowboys? Right now, we're gonna talk about the Bills and the Ravens. Right now, we're gonna talk about the Wizards and the Warriors over in Japan playing ball in our NBA season projections. That's what we're talking about right now. So, uh. I, I want to play like play our theme music again. This 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 represents sports to me because I watch sports at the highest level, and that's Michael Jordan. And whenever this was played, that means it's trying to get you. So yeah, let me turn that down real quick. So yeah, basically, um, I just watched. This is Sunday. I'm recording. I just watched my Cowboys beat up on the. Commander Salamanders. Um, and a couple of things stood out to me. Our pass rush, it is the best rush, pass rush in all of football. But even when we don't get the sack, we get the pressures, we get the Harrys, we get the knockdowns. Michael Parson, Demarcus Lawrence, um, one of our safeties, Wilson kept going back there on a blitz. We just kept Carson Wentz of the Commanders in total fear and he never had a chance to really get comfortable. Because even though we didn't get a lot of sacks today, we got so many pressures, hurries, knockdowns, that every time he hiked the ball, he was just basically running for his life only in fear of his damn life. And um, that's the goal. Um, I want to talk about another rush, though. Not just the pass rush. I want to talk about Cooper Rush and the job that he's done. Um, 3-0 this season with Dak being out, 4-0 for his career. Uh, basic uh, backup, you know, who's relegated to being a backup quarterback. He was cut by two teams, Cowboys and the Giants, this last season. And the Cowboys picked him back up. And now he is 3-0 this year, 4-0 as a starter with three um, game-winning drives. Did not have a game-winning drive today. Because in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, or in the last two, three minutes, the score was 25 to 10. So he didn't need to come back today. But um, I still don't believe there's a quarterback controversy. What I think is going on in all actuality is we are playing the way we should have always played. When Dak was a rookie and they kind of had the, uh, what do you want to call it, the handcuffs on him, the leash on him, he was playing like Cooper Rush in an offense that's primarily predicated upon running and protecting the ball and passing when necessary. Short and immediate passes and the occasional pass downfield. When that was our offense, we were unstoppable. 
the, except the playoffs. They, they stopped us there. And that's when Dak was at his best. That's when he earned that, you know, $75 million in one year contract. You know, that, that's when he earned all of those things. But once he got the contract and they tried to make him be uh, Dak Breeze or Dak Brady or Dak Manning, that's when we falter. It's when we put the ball in Dak's hands and say, you, you bring us home. When we really should be running it, ball control offense and defense pressuring the quarterback. Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, um, he's a ball hawk, man. It used to be boom or bust with him. He would either get the interception or he would uh, give up a big play. Now he gets the interception or he breaks the play up. And I've noticed that that's the difference between him this season and last season. He is a ball hawk. He's a wide receiver that plays cornerback. He's great hands. He's going to he had the most interceptions since like the 50s last year. So we know who he is in that aspect of being a cornerback. What he lacked was the ability to break up passes. And McLaurin, uh, Carson Wentz, credit to him. He was putting the ball right in McLaurin's hands. And Trayvon Diggs was just, just hands everywhere like a ninja. He was just chopping the ball out. It was, it was a, an amazing thing to watch, especially a player who is either interception or bust. So when that's who you are, and now you've added the I'll break the ball up component, you're truly an elite cornerback. And with Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, rushing the, the uh, quarterback, getting in the backfield, making them make early throws, and they're still accurate, and then you got to deal with digs at the other end, just breaking it up. It's a lot, man. That's a lot. That deal with, and that makes the Cowboys very dangerous. And we have a competent quarterback. And um, and I'm not saying Dak isn't competent because I absolutely 100% have faith in Dak's competency when you put him in a ball control offense, when you're not trying to make him Dak Manning Put Dak in this same offense the way they've changed it and catered it to Cooper Rush. Put Dak in that offense. He's a pro bowler and the fuck around to be a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion. But when you want to make Dak, like I said, Dak Brady, then no, he can't do that. He's going to fall a little short of that. And I hope that the Cowboys have realized this, the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy and everybody, all of these um, exceptions, and, and amendments that they're making for Cooper Rush, if they do that with Dak, we'll win the NFC. I don't know if we'll win the Super Bowl, but we will win the NFC. So I'm looking forward to Dak coming back. Um, I'm curious to see if they're going to have Dak come back against the Rams next week, which would be our toughest test, or if they want to see what Cooper Rush can do against the Rams. The game after that is the Eagles, the only unbeaten team in the NFL. So if Cooper Rush beats the Rams, do they keep him in against the Eagles too? Or if they start that next week against the Rams and it doesn't look good, do they bring Cooper Rush? We're at a very, we're at a fine line from Dak getting his job back. I think as of right now, Dak can get his job back. Cooper Rush didn't beat anybody that, that were world beaters. He didn't beat the 
Rams or the Eagles. If he does beat the Rams and or the Eagles, it's going to make you think. But I don't think it's because of how good he is. I think it's because of the way the offense is being run now. And I don't know if the Cowboys front office sees that or if the league sees that or if the pundits see that. I don't know if Skip and Shannon and Steve are going to talk about this tomorrow. I know what I'm talking about. The Cowboys do look better. It's because we're playing the reserved offense that we played when Dak became great. When Dak was the guy, this is the offense we were running. The last couple of years, they throw Dak out there and expect him to be Dak Brady. And I think that's the distinction. Cooper Rush is not better than Dak. He has just been put in a better position to hide his deficiencies than Dak has been. Put Dak in this offense, we'll win the NFC. I said it once, I said it twice. Talk to me nice. Um, the, the highlight game to me of the weekend uh, thus far, I haven't seen the Bucs uh, play the um, Chiefs yet. That game hasn't come on. But the Bills and Ravens, who I think are two of the best teams in the league. I think it's the Bills, the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Rams. I think those are the four best teams in the NFL right now, this week four. It can change in week eight, week 12. Right now, those are the four best teams to me. I would throw Miami in there, but with the uncertainty of Tua's um, health condition, I can't put them in there with Bridgewater. I will say this, though, um, really quickly. I thought Tua was concussed the very first game, I guess against the Bills. and um, no, not the Bills, the, the, whoever they beat prior, the, the week prior. And um, they said he wasn't. And I went, huh, I thought he was. Okay. I guess he's not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm going by what they said. And I trusted their word that it was just a back injury and that he was over it. Or a back and ankle injury, he was over it. But I, I thought it was a little suspicious. I, it, it, it was very curious to me. I was like, hmm. Is this, well, you know what? I ain't a doctor, not my monkey, not my circus. Went on about my, my business. Um, and then when he was concussed, where he, his fingers, where his joints locked up in those awkward positions, it definitely made me concerned. And it made me think back to the prior week. Like, was that really back injury? Or was that really a concussion? And it really made me like skeptical and like wondering. But this new thing, and I got love for Joy Taylor. I call her Sports Bay. She responds as Sports Bay. I, I talk to her on Twitter, so I'm not shitting on her. We have a somewhat of a relationship. Um, and Jalen Rose, one of my heroes in the game, especially getting into sports uh, podcasting. I definitely not shitting on him. But it, it's just, it, it's curious that they're all like, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. We didn't report on it. We didn't do anything to protect Tua. And I'm like, what was we supposed to do? We covered it. They said it wasn't a concussion. We left it as a, it wasn't a concussion and we moved on. We're not the doctors. We're not on the sideline. We weren't at the games. We're going by the information they give us. So they, they, I don't know how this guilt trip of, we didn't do anything as the media. What the hell was we supposed to do? We said, that looks like a concussion. They said, you're wrong. We said, okay. What were we supposed to do? And I, I don't understand that, but I mean, whatever. Um, 
I just thought I was very curious to see this week that everybody coming out with this. I don't want to say remorse, but um, I call it Monday morning quarterbacking. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't challenge it. We didn't. What the hell am I doing in Atlanta in my apartment about uh, Tua's concussion or non-concussion? What was I supposed to do? What were any of us supposed to do? Exactly. Now, back to my four best teams in football. I can't put the Dolphins up there, but I do put the Bills. I do put the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Rams. Um, and today, the Bills and the Ravens played. It was my favorite game of the weekend. Um, it was a close game. I think it, it really came down to bad coaching decisions, but it also came down to excellent play. People are now, everybody's on the bandwagon of the Bills ain't really that good. Y'all had on the best team week one and two, and now we seeing. What you seeing? They still winning? They three and one? They find ways to win? They shut down Lamar Jackson in the red zone on four attempts to score? And then they went down the other end and scored? Kicked the field goal from the two-yard line when they could have scored a touchdown? They, were, they put themselves, Josh Allen put themselves in that position. The coaching staff put themselves in that position. The defense put themselves in that position. If you go, well, the Ravens should have kicked it. Well, they finished at the two-yard line. That could have been a touchdown if they needed it to be. Or they could have just kicked the field goal tied and went to overtime. The, no matter what the Ravens did, the Bills were still at the two-yard line with three attempts left. That would have been a touchdown or at least a field goal like it was. So I still give the credit to the Bills. Everybody want to discredit this win um, like it was just the Ravens just totally messed up everything. Nah, man. After the Ravens went for it on uh, fourth and three or whatever it was, the Bills marched 97, well, 95 yards down to the two-yard line. It could have scored a touchdown, I believe. At least they had three opportunities to. They chose to take a knee and kick it. And they won the game. You don't focus on what the Ravens did or didn't do. Focus on what the Bills actually did. And that's for you, Rob. Because you was talking shit on Facebook about the damn Bills, and you just wrong. And I'm going to bring you on, kickback sports, so you can debate me and, and rebuttal me, but you wrong. You're looking at the whole thing wrong. That's a very short side of you. I think you don't like the Bills. I, I think you got an issue with Gazelle the records or something. Because I don't know why you got this issue with Buffalo and I giving them their credit. But um, Stove God Cooks, don't forget that. Stove God Cooks. Moving on. Um, I, this Bucks game, I'll do a preview. Well, you've seen the Bucks game by now. But um, I'll tell you what I think. And we can see if I was right or wrong. Um... The Bucks are playing lights out defense. The offense just isn't clicking. Mike Evans is supposed to be back tonight. That should, and Cole Beasley will have a second week under his belt. That should bode well or better for Brady and the Bucks on offense. However, I'm just not a believer. The Chiefs, if they can get to clicking, their offense should be. They should be able to put up more points than the Bucks, But I expect, surprisingly, 
a low-scoring game. I know there's Brady. I know there's Mahomes. I know what they're capable of doing. You got the goat and the baby goat. I'm expecting a low-scoring game. I'm expecting probably only one team to make it to the 20s. Maybe like a 24 to 18. 23 to 17. I'm expecting, uh, that's what I would call a low-scoring game. When both teams don't make it to the 20s and it's within a touchdown, that's what I'm expecting. Um, a seven-point, uh, a six, within a seven-point game, six-point game, but only one team in the 20s. So that could be 20 to 14, 21, 15, 22, 16, 23, 17. And I'm being this specific because I want my fucking credit when this airs on Monday. I want my fucking credit. I didn't add this. Um, I didn't go live on Facebook because, you know, this is kickback sports. You're you going to find it when you find it. I'll post it. But I'm not giving you everything live on Facebook the night before. I'm just not. I do want to talk about, before I get up out of here, my Washington Wizards. The NBA preseason has started. It kicked off with the Wizards and the Warriors in Japan. The first game came on Friday morning at 6 a.m. I hate waking up. I don't get up to 8 something. I try to get up at 7, try to get up at 6. I, I try. I feel every time. I got up for my Wizards. I got the fuck up for my Wizards. And I got my blanket, and I came and laid down here on the sofa and cut, covered up in the, in the blanket and watched the Wizards. And the first game, was it was crazy. The Wizards shot, uh, I believe, 19% from three-point range. And the Warriors shot 26% from three-point range in the first game. It was sloppy. Um, the Wizards did play defense. They started Rui. And I got into it with uh, Matt Moderna and a couple of other people on Twitter. Shout out to them. Much respect, much love. About where Rui started. Rui, in my opinion, from what I saw, he started at the four. He guarded there four. And he was defended by their four, which is Draymond Green. And Kuz guarded Wiggins and was defended by Wiggins. So to me, it's a no-brainer. He obviously started at the four. He's guarding the four. He's defending the four. Kuz is guarding the three and defending and defended by the three. They kept saying that Rui was at the three. It made no sense to me. Um, but Rui played pretty well. He, he was my highlight of the weekend uh, for the Wizards. He uh, rebounded, he had nine boards the first game, a double-double in the second game over in Japan. They they featured him, of course. Um, and he showed his total display of, uh, of of moves on offense. He's a three-level scorer, three-point, mid-range, in the paint. Um, he made a few free throws. Um, Rui looked really good. This is a contract year for Rui. And that starting the other forward opposite of Kuzma has not been decided. Denny Avdia was injured for game one and two. He's still uh, recovering from a growing injury he suffered in the Eurobasket League. Will Barton missed game one, but did play and start in game two. So Ruiz, he has a leg up in that other forward spot. Whether they play him at the four, which I saw, or they play him at the three, which everybody else saw. I don't know. But I think that he has an opportunity to start. And he's a bucket. Rui is a Bucket. My only issue is if Rui starts with the starting lineup, who's the backup power forward? You put Denny there. I mean, he's six nine. 
But is and I guess he's a power forward and a four. I won't say power forward because that takes your line somewhere else. But I, then he could play the four. I believe he could defend the four, and he can play offense at the four. I prefer him at the three, but he most definitely could play the four. And I guess he would be our best option as a backup four. I really like Rui as the backup four. But if Rui's going to be getting buckets like that and scoring and, and, and playing defense, there was one point where he stepped on and guarded Steph. He was getting deflections. I mean, he was – Rui was balling. Like, I like this Rui. This Rui has a hunger in him. I don't know if it's because he's in Japan playing in front of his home country. But um, the reports from when they had the minicamp in L.A., the players-only minicamp, that he was balling there. He was the star of the minicamp. Um, so – I love to see it. I don't know if he should start or come off the bench, but him starting gives us size. Pause. Um, I think starting Denny gives us size. Um, starting starting Will is like more like a KCP. A 6'5", small forward, they can get taken advantage of in switches. I don't like that. I want our front court to, be, to, to have depth and height. And I think the best way to do that is if it's Rui or Denny. Or even starting Gafford at the center, putting KP at the four and Kuz at the three. That's my dream lineup with, of course, Bill and Morris and the guards. Speaking of Morris and Bill, Bradley Bill came back. He looks healthy. The wrist is fine. The jumper is working. The very first shot of the preseason was a Bradley Bill jumper, and it looked good. It was wet, mid-range, and went in. Um Bill threw uh, KP in alley-oop um, early in the game, and KP uh, did a pick and pop where he got the ball back to Bill. And they both scored, of course, and it was just it was what you want to see. It's what you want to have happen. That was great. Uh, Monte Moore started off a little slow in game one, and by the second half, he had picked it up and was playing great, like playing like the point guard that we want. DeLon Wright came in six foot five, disrupting everything, blocking shots, getting deflections. He had three blocks. And um, I think the second game, getting deflections, um, showing his height, his length all over Steph Curry, Jordan Poole. And Monte, sweet jumper, mid-range, sweet jumper. And I'm getting everybody involved. And I'm uh, coming up with timely buckets. Like, we need a bucket right now. I got it, Monte. And I can't say enough about Kuz. Kuz got hot in the second quarter of game one and made it three threes in a row. One of them got waved off because of a foul. But three straight possessions, three straight threes. When, Kuz, when Clutch Kuz comes in, it's Clutch Kuz, period. Definitely let us see um, what he was doing. And he's playing defense. Let us see that. Um, anybody else to play? Johnny Davis came in. He looked better than summer league Johnny Davis, but he looks like G League Johnny Davis. I'm just going to be honest. I don't – it makes me wonder why they drafted him. Um, he doesn't have to become great right now. He doesn't have to be a starter right now. He doesn't even have to be a contributor right now. But why would you draft somebody who couldn't be? That's my question. Um, but luckily, we don't need him. Corey – 
played well. Corey Crispin played well. The jumpers did. He was aggressive with his shot. He plays defense and he runs the floor. I, Corey is a baller. When people talk about our young players, they talk about Denny and Rui. Corey might be more uh, totally ready than any of them. And this is only his second year. Um, and I can say that Gafford one of our young players too. And Gafford looked good at times, but I know that James Wiseman giving him the business. James Wiseman over with Golden State, I mean, I thought he was their best pick in years. I thought they, they lucked up by getting him and he would be the decision, the difference maker. He would be the reason that Golden State got back to the championship and back to winning. And he was out all last season, so they did it without him. Mark my, my words, he'll be starting by all-star break. And he'll take some of that scoring load off of Steph and Clay. He'll and Jordan Poole and Wiggins. He'll be, he'll probably finish as the fourth leading scorer, but I guarantee you from the all-star break on, he'll be the second or third leading scorer. James Wiseman is the truth. He has all the tools. He just needs to be healthy. Do the beast. Dude is a beast. He was a beast out of college, so he, he didn't prove it to me against the Wizards. He was a beast out of damn college. Um, just injuries preventing him from uh, showing it to everybody else. Same thing with KP, injuries. But we got the BA going now, you know what I'm saying? And he's been strengthening his lower body, with, you know, weight training, so that he can go through the rigors. And they, they're wearing these um, long white tights under their jerseys and when they dunk you just see these long ass legs coming landing it looked crazy as hell him and Kuzma with, with those tights but um it's working and it's helping and, and I'm with it and I'm enjoying watching it and I hope you've enjoyed watching this premiere episode of Kickback Sports I'm not gonna do the LeBron thing every day or the Cowboy thing every day this is not first take this is not undisputed I'm gonna talk about what I see what I enjoyed, and what I think you care about. But I'm not doing the same thing as everybody else. Fortunately, I have the freedom to talk about whatever the fuck it is I want to talk about. And I hope that it resonates with you. You know what I'm saying? Like in my rapper days, I wrote raps for me. I just hope they connected to the fans. I was not writing, you know, for the public. Writing for me. These are, th- these are the sports topics I care about. I just hope they resonate with you. And if you're here in Atlanta, the Falcons won. Um, they looked better than they've looked. They still ain't shit, though. <laughs> but shout out to the dogs. Go dogs. They won. The Braves won. And um, I think the Atlanta soccer team, the United won. So Atlanta had a very successful weekend this weekend. Everybody in Atlanta won, um, except me. Go figure. But uh, my Cowboys won, and I'll take that. Um, so for myself and me, myself and I, I want to say thank you for tuning in to the premiere episode of Kickback Sports. I'll have um, some Wizard correspondents on this season. I try to get Curry Champion back on. Yes, Curry Champion did do the podcast before. I'm going to try to get her back. I have Jay Lou here with me, or some of the homies from around the country. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. But I want to thank you for tuning in. And if we didn't discuss your favorite team today, we'll try to do it next time. 
Pod Name Kickback drops every Thursday. You get your regular podcast every Thursday morning. If you want to watch us live, subscribe to our YouTube channel, A Pod Name Kickback, and watch us Wednesdays at 7.30. Live. Be part of the conversation. You type me your message, I'm going to respond. Live and we're here. Knew you wrong. The Cowboys suck. Let me tell you something, uh, Murray Jenkins. The Cowboys don't suck. You suck. That's why you got no kids, because you kept swallowing them. Like, well, okay, that, that didn't go right. Um, sorry. That didn't, that, that wasn't where I, I didn't think it was going there. Um, my bad. <laughs> but happy Monday morning. I know you were looking for the podcast where you get the high low, the viral story, the what the fuck, the don't be dumb, the Nipsey Hustle Award, Netflix and chill, this or that, it gas and sports. I'll tell you what I will do. I'll give you some this or that. Um, uh, just, just the music though, if I can find it. If I can't find it, you can't get it. This roadcast are crazy. This shit just be disappearing and moving around. It be, it be blowing my mind how I'm looking for a category and they can't find, like, I really can't find it. Somebody then deleted this or that. This, this is disrespectful. This and that is disrespectful. <gasps> I really don't see what this or that is. That's crazy. Oh, you can get with this, so you can get with that. Oh, no, we out.